Let us all be thankful and rejoice and be glad in it. Good morning again. Praise the Lord, everybody. We thank God for this chance and opportunity. It's a beautiful, lovely day in the name of the Lord. We thank him right now. He has compassion for us. Compassion for all of us. That's why his love, his grace, his mercy endureth forever. We thank God for that compassion. Thank God for that chance and opportunity to give us. Every time he awake us, causes us to arise out of our beds, giving us the activity of our limbs, enabling us to give him the glory and give him the praise. We thank him this morning. We praise him this morning. We give him glory. We give him magnification. Amen. Amen. And we just thank him for all he has done, all he is doing, and all that he's going to do. We lift him up. We thank him for everything. He's worthy of the honor, and he is worthy of the praise. Good morning again. We want to begin this radio broadcast with prayer and supplication. Amen. We're going to pray for you and pray for all and pray for everything that is going on in this world today. We thank God that he allows us to come here to be able to bring a word to you wherever you may be listening to us when you hear these messages. We pray that the Lord will send a message, give a message, which I believe that he will. I believe that he has, and I believe that he is doing right now. Thank God again. Amen, amen. We want to go to the throne of grace. We just want to go right into prayer here this morning, praying for anyone that have issues and problems and all kinds of hurts and illnesses and, and mental illnesses and sufferings and lost loved ones need comforting and guidance and direction and needs be able to choose to make a choice to choose Jesus for their personal savior and to build a relationship with him. Let us go to the throne of grace right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, Father, we thank you right now. Thank you this morning. Another beautiful morning that you bless, that you touch, that you've allowed us to be here, that you've given us chance after chance after chance, and that you've given us a chance again today, that we have awakened by the touch of the finger of your love, your grace, your mercifulness is so awesome, so magnificent, so much beyond than anything that we can imagine. No matter the type of people that we are, for some reason, you continue to love us. You continue to love us, chastise us, show us, teach us, help us, guide us and direct us. If we would listen to your voice and listen to your word and adhere to the things that you've already said and the things that you are saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for this chance. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you that we have a chance to choose ye this day whom we shall serve. Whom we shall serve is Jesus. It's you, Lord. You have the only name. You are the only one that have the plan of salvation for our lives. And we thank you for that. More than we could ever understand more than we will ever know, 
more than we can ever imagine. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you. For one writer said, what kind of love is this? That a man, that a powerful God, that came by spirit, lived and walked in flesh, and died for us. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you for this church. Thank you for this opportunity. Touch somebody today with your word, by your word, according to your word. Send healing and deliverance in the name of Jesus. We decree and we declare to any person that is listening to my voice and listening to these messages, Father, that it be by your spirit that you would touch, change, convince, convict, Father, and turn around. Turn from their wicked ways, Father, and turn unto you. Repent as forgiveness of sins, Father, that they would move forward directly, Father, and ordered by your baptism in Jesus' name, filled with your spirit, that they might be able to become disciples, servants, and live and testimonies and testify and witness for you, Jesus. Touch right now, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you right now. Jesus, your name is greater, more powerful than anything that we know. We thank you, Jesus. The word teaches us that the devil and his angels even fear and tremble at the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. Thank you for a way out. Thank you for another chance. Thank you for another opportunity. Bless your holy name today. We thank you. We praise you forevermore. We give you glory. We give you the honor right now. Somebody might be in disbelief. Somebody may even misunderstand. Somebody may just don't get it. That we're living in a time right now, Father, there's no time putting off and word about pleasures of this world. Eternity is a long time to spend in torments and torture in a place called Hades where you burn and you never burn up and excruciating pain continuously over and over again. Now at the acceptable time of the year, Father, we thank you that people would hear your voice, hear your word, and adhere to it. We thank you. We praise you right now. In Jesus' name we pray. We ask that by your Holy Spirit, that you would do these things. We thank you. We say amen and amen. Amen. Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. Boy, I, I, just, I just can't thank you enough. We thank you. Everything you've done, everything you're doing, Everything that you've already done. We praise you, Lord. We lift you up. We magnify your holy name. I just have to take time to give you glory, to give you praise, giving others a chance to stop for a moment, to stop, to stop and realize that it's you that they need in their lives. That we thank you right now, Jesus. That you touch right now, Jesus. 
touch right now, Jesus. You died. You shed your blood for us. How can anyone not understand what you went through for mankind? What you've gone through for mankind to give us this opportunity to build, to reestablish a relationship with you. We talk about it, we preach about it. It's not about just attending church. Not about just showing up. It's more than that. It's bigger than that. It's greater than that. Not about tradition and heresies, but it's about your words. It's about your will. And it's about your way. That we would live according to your commandments. Abide in your word. Live according to your sacrificial love that you've done, that you gave, and then you rose again, that we might live, that we might live, that we might live, that we might live again. But we have the chance, the choice to choose if we so desire. People are dying. They're leaving here. Is that not enough for us to see right now? Lord have mercy. It's you, Jesus. It's you, Jesus. It's you. It's you that's giving us a chance. It's you giving us the opportunities. It's you that's giving us this awesome time right now. By the name and the power of Jesus and the blood that he shed for us. What does it take to understand that? To understand that Jesus wants us to be with him forever. But he left it up to us for our choosing. But he has an adversary as well as we do that opposes everything he says. Don't want you to have eternal life. Don't want you to be delivered. Don't want you to be healed. Don't want you to be made free. Oh, good God Almighty, come on, Jesus. We're talking about Jesus. <laughs> We're talking about Jesus. Lord, have mercy. We're talking about Jesus. Because ain't nobody like Jesus. Ain't nobody like Jesus. It's not our agenda. It's not our stage. It's not our priority. But it's Jesus. But it's Jesus. Everything is all about Jesus. Every purpose is all about Jesus. Every reason is all about Jesus. Jesus. He's the God all by himself. <laughs> He's the God all by himself. Thank you, Jesus.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Woo! Well, you ought to be giving him glory. Can't help but give him praise. Can't help but give him thanksgiving. Ain't nobody like the Lord. Nobody like the Lord. Nobody like him. There's nobody like him. There's nobody like him. At his name, every knee. Don't you understand? Every knee. Every knee is going to bow. Whether you accept it now or not. And every tongue going to confess. Every tongue going to confess that Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. It's all about Jesus. And that's what we're dealing with today. It's all about Jesus. The baptism in his name, Jesus, for the remission of sin. That you might receive this gift of this precious Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. That you may be able to have the comfort, the guidance, and the direction. There's no other name. This is the plan for salvation. This is the one that died for us to give us this chance and this opportunity today, now, and forevermore. I talked about you on talked about this message on last week, beginning with the apostle doctrine concerning the baptism in Jesus' name. And I'm talking about the importance of Jesus' name. That's what my emphasis is about: the importance of Jesus' name. And everything that's got to be done has to be done through his name, according to his name, for his purpose, for his will, healing, deliverance, made free, salvation, all in his name. There's no other name. There's no other name. Hallelujah. So we want to share with you as we begin today. We're going to start with St. John chapter 14. Chapter 14, we're going to begin with verse 7. Amen. Hallelujah. Chapter 14, we're going to be, begin with verse 7. And I believe we want to read in your hearing down to verse 11. Hallelujah. This is where the Father is revealed. Hallelujah. He's let us know. This is Jesus himself testified of his identity as God when he said this in John 14, 7. If you had known me, you would have known my father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the father and it is sufficient for us. Jesus said, to him, have I been with you so long? And yet you have not known me, Philip. He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. 
you hear that? He does the work, and I haven't even read the last verse. He says, believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. This is why it's important to know the difference and understand the purpose of God's word and understand what its words mean, where it stands, and where he's trying to get us to believe. The full gospel of the scriptures. I'm just going to back up to chapter 1 in St. John just to reiterate a thing or two here. In the beginning, in verse 1 of St. John, chapter 1, 1 and 1, the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. And if we drop down a little bit, we talk about John. I shared this last week. He was just a witness to the true light of who was coming. There was a man sent from God, sent from God, whose name was John. This man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. And that was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. Hallelujah. Now I'm going to bag up. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him was made that was made. In him was life. And the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Then back down to verse 10. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. Hallelujah. Was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. Believe in his name. Who were born not of blood, nor the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. But of God. The word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory and the glory as of the only begotten to the father, full of grace and truth. Talking about Jesus. Talking about Jesus. Talking about Jesus. You, 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 you see, it's, it's right here, brothers and sisters. It's right here. It's right here. Right here in front of you. If you're looking at it, or if you were to look at it. In St. John chapter 10, verse 30 says something like this. Chapter 10, and this is chapter 10 where he talks about Jesus, the true shepherd, the true shepherd. 
But where we want to read to you in your hearing is verse 30. Now, I may have to bag up a few scriptures in order for you to capture the essence of what 30 says. He says again, and he just simply said, I and my father are one. 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 Hallelujah. One. There's no separation there. People running around, I don't know, your educational status wants you to separate things according to the English and all of that. But when you read God's word according to where it's looking right at us and making the statement directly right that there's nothing to fix or change or to apprehend, that's it right there. There's nothing to contemplate. There's nothing to figure out. That's nothing to figure out if God and Jesus are not the same. There's no question. He answers the question right there. There's no question about it. Argue with the scripture. If you want to argue with something, I'm not the one you need to argue with. It's right there. And I'm not stumbling, and I'm not fumbling, and I'm not twisting, and I'm not changing, and, I'm not, and I am not altering anything right here in the Bible, right here. If you're looking at it, you'll see it as well. Hallelujah. Jesus answered them. I'm going to back up at the 25. The 25th verse in chapter 10. Hallelujah. Chapter 10. Jesus, the shepherd, knows his sheep. Right? Jesus answered them, I told you and you do not believe the works that I do in my father's name. They bear witness of me. But you do not believe because you are not of my sheep, as I said to you. Hallelujah. Watch, watch 27. So if you don't believe this, uh, you may be claiming that you're a sheep of God. If you don't trust it, then this is what the word said. You are not my sheep. This is what the word said. He said, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give them eternal life. And they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Watch verse 29. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of my father's hand. Now, again, again, he talks about the father. And then he turns around. And he lets you know that they operate in the same instances. He says, I and my father are one. Is that not enough identification to let you know that God and Jesus are one and the same? By spirit. They by spirit, one and the same. Everything God does is by spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit. Father is the spirit. The Jesus was made according to the spirit. And the Holy Spirit operates by the Spirit. The Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the reason for this, I shared this before, but it took the shedding of blood for the remission of sins of the world. Of the world. Of the world. It took shedding of blood for the remission of the sins for the world. Let me take you to Hebrews chapter 9 and 22 so that you may see that. Hallelujah. Go to the book of Hebrews. Hallelujah. 
chapter 9, verse 22. I want to teach you something. Hallelujah. 9 and 22. It's going to say what I just said. Hallelujah. Here's what he says here. He says, and according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. So God, who is all spirit, all knowing, all seeing, knew that in order for man to be redeemed, that took another man to redeem him by the blood of another man. And the blood has to have the power of the Holy Spirit that will call, be caused, cause that remitting of sin. Why? Because in the beginning of Genesis, it was a man that God created after his image and in his likeness was a man that caused sin to enter the world in the first place. So there had to be another man as a blood sacrifice to become like the human race in shedding of blood but by the power of the Holy Spirit for the remitting of the sins. Hallelujah. For the remitting of the sin. Remission. The forgiveness. The cleansing. The washing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So it took the shedding of the blood for the remission of sins of the world. Hebrews 9.22 But God the Father was the Spirit and had no blood. Thus he prepared a body of flesh and blood, which we will see in Hebrews 10 and 5, hallelujah, 10 and 5, and came to the earth as a man in order to save us for in Isaiah 43 and 11. I'm going to pause a minute and take you back to these scriptures so that you may see these. Hallelujah. So in your Bible, if you're listening or if you're home, if wherever you are, maybe hearing me and watch and hearing this, then you can grab your Bible and look at this. Hallelujah. Christ death fulfills God's will here. Therefore, when he came into the world, he said, sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. Hallelujah. This was the Lord death, the body that he prepared. Because see, in the Old Testament of the law, that a blood animal sacrifice was for the forgiving through the priests praying unto God for the sins of mankind, but they couldn't wash away the sins of mankind. Couldn't wash away the sins. Hallelujah. So thus, he prepared a body of flesh and blood, Hebrews 10 and 5. And came to the earth as a man to save us. That's what he, That's what this is all about. That's what this is all about. Now we'll pick it up in Hebrew. I mean, not Hebrew, excuse me. But in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 11. Walk with me. Hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 43 and 11. I want to take you there. I'm taking time out to take you to each particular scripture that you may see this on your own. And those of you who thought you already had it figured out, go back and read it and figure it out. Well, you don't have to figure it out. Believe it or not. Understand it. Isaiah chapter 43. 43 and 11. Because here what he's going to say. He said, beside me, there is no savior. 
when he came in the flesh, the angels sang, for unto you is born this day the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Now, I'm going to go there. I want, I, I want to go there so that you might be able to see that in Isaiah chapter 43 and 11. Hallelujah. Chapter 43 and 11. And then we're going to pick that up behind that with Luke chapter 2 and 11. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. See, the word of the Lord is true all by itself. And sometimes those of us that uh, have had such an education or whatever establishment in our mind, we feel as though that that overrides what the Holy Spirit shares with us. No, it doesn't. No, it does not. No, it does not. You will not, you will not begin to have more wisdom than the Holy Spirit. You will not. You can teach, you can read all of the things you want to read. If it's not God's word, it's still not going to override the power of the Holy Spirit. It's all I'm trying to let you know. The power of the Holy Spirit operates totally in a whole nother level and form and power. Hallelujah. Form and power. I just want to confirm what I read. I read to you what I wanted you to hear, but I want to confirm it in your Bible. And I'm going to read it from my Bible so that you may be able, as I read again, hallelujah, to you and your hearing. Amen. Yeah. This kind of teaching takes time. Amen. Here it says, this is the redeeming of redeemer of Israel, which he was talked about in Isaiah. So in Isaiah 43 and 11, he said just what I said. I even I am the Lord, and besides me there is no Savior. I'm going to back up to verse 10. Hallelujah. He says, you are my witnesses, says the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me, there was no God formed, nor shall there be after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and besides me, there is no Savior. No Savior. So, this is why he had to place himself and form a human flesh. That you might understand it's God in the flesh because he just said, there's no other God that can be like me. There's no one else formed like me. So he formed his own body of himself to come in this world, to live and to die for us by the shedding of the blood of that human flesh. Because we are of human flesh, of a sinful nature. And that flesh had to come through a woman that had a sinful nature, but she was pure. She hadn't been with no man, but she had a sinful nature, which God used by the Holy Spirit to prove that he intertwined by the spirit and the flesh that became blood sacrifice for all of us. For all of us. For all of us. Let's look at the book of Luke. The book of Luke, chapter 2, verse 11. Hallelujah. Verse 11. In the book of Luke. And he's going he's gonna, to, he's just going to remind us just what we just read a moment ago. So we read it in the Old Testament. Again, we're going to see it, that it come to pass here in the New Testament. The New Testament. 
chapter 2, verse 11. And he says this. Hallelujah. He says this. Hallelujah. Amen. For there is born to you this day, this day in the city of David, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you, and you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Hallelujah. There he is right there. Right there. Jesus, born of flesh. Now let's talk about the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is not a third person in the Godhead, but rather the Spirit of God, the Creator, a Spirit of the resurrected Christ. The Holy Ghost comes to dwell in the hearts and lives of everyone who believes and obeys the gospel as the comforter, the sustainer, and keeper, and all. Let's look at it in John. John chapter 14, verses 16, and he's gonna he's just gonna confirm what I've just said again. John chapter 14. Gonna begin at verse 16. Hallelujah. Chapter 14, verse 16. Jesus promises another helper. He lets you know in the first commandment. If you love me, I mean, 15 verse, if you love me, keep my commandments. Everybody said they love the Lord, but are you keeping his commandments? So it's easy for you to look in the mirror and check yourself. Amen. But here's what he says here. In chapter 14, verse 16, down to 26. He said, I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be with you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Now, in the 8th and 19th verse, now in dwelling of the Father and the Son, a little while longer and the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live and you will live also. And that day you will know that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. Let me say that again. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. That's the Holy Spirit. He's going to manifest. It's going to be sent. It's going to be the gift for you. For you. Now here in the 22nd verse here, Judas Iscariot said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not the world? 
Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, again, <laughs> again, he says, if anyone loves me, Lord have mercy. I I'm pausing for reading. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word and to him, huh? He will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Ghost. Home inside of you. He who does not love me does not keep my words and the word which uh, you hear is not mine, but the father's who sent me. Now, this word gives you everything you need that I've mentioned before, a comforter, sustainer, and keeper. Watch this in the 25th verse on down to the 26th, the gift of his peace. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the helper, the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in what? My name. What? In my name. He will teach you all things and bring to you or bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. In my name. In my name. If you say in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit, you did not mention a name. You mentioned the distinctions of who God is and how he operates. That's what you mentioned. But when you mention his name, the name is Jesus. That's what the Bible says. The name is Jesus. 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 Now, that's in St. John chapter 14, verse 16, that I read to you down to verse 26. Let's step over to the book of Romans and watch this right here. In Romans chapter 8, chapter 8, beginning at verse 9 down to 11. We're talking about, see, we're, we're in the last and evil days. You need to get this word and understand the plan of salvation before it's too late. Before it's too late. The real plan. Chapter 8, beginning at verse 9. Watch this. Free from. This is where you become free from the indwelling sin. I mean, not being a slave to it. Watch this. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If the, the spirit of God dwells in you. What? If the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ. There's a comma there. And I'm pausing. He is not his. That's what the Bible says. This is what the Bible says. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead would also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you, in you. By Jesus' death, 
burial, resurrection, and his spirit, the gift, the comforter, will dwell in you. That's why it has to be done in his name. In his name. In his name. In his name. Woo, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. How are you going to pray for healing in the name of Jesus? How are you going to pray for deliverance in the name of Jesus? How are you going to rebuke them demons in the name of Jesus? How are you going to spread the blood on the doorpost of your house and your home in the name of Jesus? In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You say anything else, them demons not studying what you're talking about. But when you break up the name of Jesus... You see, these demons mentioned to Jesus, Jesus, what do I have to do with us? What you want with us? And he let them know, I came to put you in check to let you know who's still the man. <laughs> Jesus let them know who's still the man. Jesus is the man. Jesus is the man. He's not dead. He's still alive. If he was there, he wouldn't have rolled the third day. He's still alive. He proved to the disciples, I live, by appearing to them, Mary Magdalene, and to the disciples. And when, when God stricken and knocked down Paul, the first thing he asked, Paul, why does thou persecutest me? And, Jesus, and, and Paul asked, who art thou? He said, Jesus, I am the one you persecutest. That's the book right there. Hallelujah. 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 Let's talk about sin. Let's talk about sin a little bit. Step over to Romans chapter 6, verse 23. Watch this. You're close by it. Right there. Chapter 6. In the 23rd verse. For the wages of sin is what? Death. But the gift of God is eternal life in who? Christ Jesus, our Lord. The gift of who? God. Is what? Eternal life. In who? In Christ Jesus, our Lord. What name we just mentioned? Jesus. Who are we talking about? Jesus. And who does he represent in the power and the spirit? God. And how does he operate? His father, his spirit, they all operate as one. Meaning they do the same will together. Nothing different. Hallelujah. Sin. Here's a definition I want to give you with the S-I-N. Selfish. Selfish. Indulgence. By your nature. Sin is the transgression of the law or commandments of God. First John chapter three and four. I'll take you there in a minute. The gift of sin has fallen upon all humanity from Adam until now. From Adam until now. Romans 3.23. The wages of sin is eternal death. 6.23. Revelation 20. And 14, to all those who refuse to accept salvation as set forth in the word of God. I'll bag up the Romans 3.23 scripture that I just mentioned, just so you will see this. Bag up chapter 3, verse 23. 
3 and 23. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 3 and 23. Watch what it says here. Hallelujah. For there is no difference. For all have sinned. For all have sinned. And fall short of the glory of God. Everybody. And being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in who? Is in Christ Jesus. Who? Christ Jesus. I don't see in the name of the Father and the Son. I see Christ Jesus. Now that is not to denounce the name of the Father and the Son. That is just to get you to understand where the power is. It's in the name of Jesus. That's what I want you to understand. I, that, that, there's, there's no excuses about this. Hallelujah. There's no salvation in any other name for Jesus. None whatsoever. None whereby men must be saved. None. 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 Hallelujah. And to all those who refuse to accept salvation and set forth in the word of God, let's, let's step over to Revelation in the end. <laughs> Chapter 20 and verse 14. Watch Revelation. Watch this right here. Hallelujah. This is the word of God. 20, 14. Hallelujah. He says this. This is during, this is during after the great white throne judgment. This is what's going down. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone who found written in the book of life was uh, 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 in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. And anyone not found, excuse me, not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Oh, you want me to back up to verse 11 and give you all of that? I'm giving you something there. Great white throne judgment. Then I saw a great white throne. And him who sat on it, from whose face and earth the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead and small and great standing before God, and the books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead, even the sea. Everything that was dead, wherever the dead was, they had to give it up. The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death, and not get this, death and Hades. Wait a minute. Now, Hades represents hell. Death is dying. And here the word says, death and Hades, which is hell, is going to be thrown. Watch this. Delivered and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them. They had to give them up. And watch this. And they were judged, each one according to his works. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. Death and Hades. This is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. The lake of fire. So hell is a reservoir for torments and torture. Waiting for judgment day for you, if you don't make it, to be thrown into the lake of fire. Oh, Lord, have mercy. you mean to tell me that hell ain't going to be enough? Now you're going to be thrown into the lake of fire? The lake of fire? 
the lake of fire. Hallelujah. Am I closing for this message today? Salvation consists of deliverance from all sin. Unrighteousness through the blood of Jesus Christ. The New Testament experience is the salvation. The New Testament is it's the salvation. Hallelujah. And it consists of repentance from sin, water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. For the remission of sin. And the baptism of the Holy Ghost after which the Christian is to live a godly life. And you can read that from Acts 2.36 down to 41. Have faith in God in Mark 11.22 and in Acts 2.36. I mean, Acts chapter 2, verse 36 down to 41. I will close on that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Chapter 2. 36. Therefore, let the house of Israel know surely that God has made this Jesus. And see that? Made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to their heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, then what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, Repent, let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. And then the vital church began to grow. And with many other words, this is what you need, and the church began to grow. This is where the church begins to grow. And with many other words, that that he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them, and they continued steadfastly, hear this, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in prayers. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the breaking of bread and prayers. Hallelujah. 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 We just want to share with you the Bible. The real plan for salvation. If you desire it, then you can stand on it and believe it. That's the word. I didn't write it. I didn't write it. God, by his power and spirit, moved upon men in the Old Testament, lived in men in the New Testament, put this gospel in writing of instructions for us and for this dispensation of time. It's a clear plan. It's a clear path. There's no arguments. Shouldn't be no arguments about it. It should be whether you believe it or not. 
Not about where you came from, not about how many traditions that you were taught beforehand. We just talking Bible. If it's in the Bible, it's right. Then you read it. And if it's put in its proper contents, then it's correct. I don't see how you can miss it. I don't see how you can miss it. We want to pray today that the word of God will flow and open your minds and open your heart and open your understanding to what you've just heard and what you may read. Heavenly Father, we thank you right now. Thank you, Lord, for opening my eyes. Thank you, Lord, for giving me clear understanding by your Holy Spirit. Not by my own will, but by your Holy Spirit. If people say they live by your Holy Spirit, you're not going to lead them in a different direction. We're going to all be on the same accord. We're going to believe the same thing. We're going to mind the same thing. We're going to walk the same thing. We're going to live the same. We're going to preach the same thing. Not anything different. Your word have already spoken. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. In all, above all, through all, and in us all. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for this chance. Thank you for this opportunity. Somebody out there hear me today. Somebody out there ready to accept it. Somebody out there ready to live according to your word and keep your commandments. Help people to understand. If, if they are not keeping your commandments in the name of Jesus, they need help from you. And we're praying right now that you would help us to have that understanding. That your, that your word would open up our understanding. Guide us and direct us. And if anyone that haven't accepted this, whether it be pastors, preachers, teachers, whoever, help them to understand they need to accept this this way. Not because I said it, but because your word said it. Your word said it. You said it, God. You said it. You laid it out. You left it here. You left it here. If it wasn't important, it wouldn't be in this book. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for this opportunity. We praise you. We give you glory. We give you honor that you would touch right now. Heal and deliver and make free the whole of captive. We praise you in Jesus' name that all acknowledgments and word have been spoken that will touch the hearts and minds of your people, convince and convict, cause change and repentance. In Jesus' name, we thank you. We say amen and amen. God bless you. And the peace of God keep you, Selah. You've been listening to the broadcast of Focus to Change Ministries. Please join us next Sunday from 9 o'clock to 10 o'clock a.m. And remember, if you make the choice, Jesus will make the change. God bless you. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Thank God for another day, a beautiful day, a blessed day that he has made. Let us all be thankful, be glad and rejoice in it. Somebody ought to shout hallelujah and tell him thank you, Jesus. Thank you for this new opportunity, another chance that you allowed me to live to see this day. That you've given me the activity of my limbs. 
You've given me the breath that I breathe. That causes the body to pump the blood, the heart, to pump the blood through the veins. That's given me the activity of my limb. Thank you, thank you, Jesus. Thank the Lord for another wonderful day. We just give him glory. We give him thanksgiving. We praise him right now. You ought to be willing to lift him up and glorify his holy name. We thank him today and we magnify him. We give him praise. We give him glory. We bid you greetings and praise the Lord, everybody. We just thank God again for another opportunity and chance to be in this place, to be able to be used by the Lord, to be able to share a word with you. Hopefully that's something that you hear. Pray, we pray that it always touches your heart, your mind, your soul, that it will impact you for a change in your life. We give God the glory. We give him thanksgiving. We give him praise. We want to go ahead and pray with you. Pray the Lord will help us through all things. And I know that he will. He's already doing it right now. But it's time that we bow down and give him glory. That we worship him. That we acknowledge him in all our ways. That he might direct our paths. We thank him this morning, so we want to go into prayer. Father, we thank you. Oh, Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for this chance. Thank you for this opportunity that you've given us. Every time you open our eyes, every time you allow us to breathe, and every time that breath gives us strength to have the activity of our limbs, Father, we we glorify you. We glorify your holy name for you worthy. Lord, you've already made the supreme sacrifice. You've already proven your love. What more do you have to prove to us? To us. That you love us. That you love us and that love allows grace and mercy to endure forever. You don't have to do this but it's your magnificent, your awesome. Woo, your wonderful love. What a love. What a love. What a love of a man that would lay down his life. Give his life for his friends. Father, we thank you for his creation, for his children. Father, we thank you. We thank you right now, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody out there may have lost their belief. Somebody may be hurting. Somebody may be in so much pain, so much difficulty that, they, that the enemy has their mind deranged, confused, having misconceptions and understanding, realize, not realizing that we have to lean on Jesus no matter what. No matter, how big, no matter how big, no matter how bad it is. He's the answer. He's the answer. He's the answer to all of our problems. We may not go away right away, but he's there with us through them always. If we would just trust him. Trust him. Trust him and lean on him. 
depend on him, call on him. Most of all, listen to him and obey him. And when you do that, glorify his holy name. Praise him. Give him the magnification he deserves. Father, we thank you, Jesus. Touch the lost, the brokenhearted, the wounded, the bruised, the addicted, the homeless. Father, the, the mishaps, the misused, the misunderstood. Touch right now, Father, in the name of Jesus. Help us to get some guidance. But we have to choose ye this day whom we shall serve. We thank you for the opportunity, Lord. We thank you for what you've done. We thank you for what you're doing. We bless your name right now. We bless your name with thanksgiving. And we praise you forevermore. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your kindness. And thank you for all that you've done, all that you're doing, all that you're going to do. We praise you. We lift you up. We magnify you. We thank you. We magnify you, Lord. We thank you for your love and kindness. Thank you for your love and kindness, Lord. But we need to come to the throne of grace. Come to Jesus. Lift up your hands. Worship him today. Submit and admit yourselves to him. Admit yourself to him right now. Worship him. Glorify his name. Lift him up. Let him know that you love him. Let him know. Let him know that he's worthy of the praise. He's worthy of the honor. He's worthy of the glory. Worthy of the glory. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We lift you up. We praise you. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We praise you. We're making ready. But just want to worship him to glorify his name. Just a few moments. We thank him. We thank him. We thank him right now. We thank him for everything that he's done. Everything that he's doing right now. We glorify his name. We praise you. Lift him up. Magnify him. We thank you right now, Jesus. We give you glory as we make ready for the word of God. And we thank him right now. You have to allow yourself, open up yourself to him by lifting your hands and submitting to him 
humbling yourself to him that he might come in your life. That he might come in your life. That he might come in your life. Come in your life. Come in your life and give you a chance. Give you an opportunity. So we thank him today. As we make ready to break the bread of life. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you. 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 Thank you, Jesus. We praise you. We lift you up. We magnify you. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Let's get ready. Let's get ready. Let's get ready to give him glory right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Bless your name. Hallelujah. We make ready to break the bread of life in your hearing today. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Hallelujah. Good morning. Good morning. And praise God. Praise the Lord and praise him for all he's done and all he's doing and all he is going to do and that he has already done. We thank him. We thank him. We thank him. Good morning. Praise the Lord, everybody. Are you ready for the bread of life, the word of the true and living God? Amen. Amen. Today, we want to continue in our apostle doctrine, talking about the importance of Jesus's name and the baptism. Amen. Just sharing with you the word. Amen. And want to pick up a little bit where we left off. Amen. Hallelujah. We thank God for everything that he's done and everything that he is doing and all that he's going to do. The first thing we want to begin in here, we're talking about the Holy Ghost. And if you want to keep up with this and with me in John, St. John chapter 14, verses 16 down to 26 in Romans chapter 8, verses 9 through 11. Hallelujah. But we want to share this thought as we read these scriptures. We just want you to see what the Bible is saying, what the Bible has said, and everything that has been recorded is by the inspiration of God, his His spirit, his guidance. All God's doing through the powerful name of Jesus. It's all his doing. Not mine or no one else. But it's all about him and not about us, except for us being healed, being saved, being born again, being delivered. Being delivered. But he gets the glory because he is the one that gave his life. The supreme sacrifice that he has given for all of us. What we want to understand, the Holy Ghost is not a third person in the Godhead, 
but rather the spirit of God, the creator, spirit of God, which is the creator, the spirit of the resurrected Christ. The Holy Ghost comes to dwell in the hearts and lives of everyone who believes and obeys the gospel as the comforter, the sustainer, and keeper. The sustainer and keeper. Amen. So as we read, we're pretty much going to hear what I've just said here in St. John chapter 14, verses 16 to 26. And this is where Jesus began with 15, that he leaves. He promises another helper. He said, if you love me, first of all, if you love me, keep my commandments. That's what he said. If you love me, if everyone is professing to love Jesus, to love the Lord, he is plainly giving us the direction in what we must do, the instructions in what we must do. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And you know, I talked about listening and obeying, hearing God's voice and obeying his word. And he says in the 16th verse, and I will pray the father. And I will pray the father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. Get that. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. He said, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. And here he's leaving these instructions with his disciples and what they must do to go about to spread this gospel. And in doing so, that they're going to face all kind of endeavors and all kind of things and trouble. But he was letting them know that they will not be alone. And they will be guided by a greater power than they are. And it will help them through all things. And he says here from the 19th verse on down, the indwelling of the Father and the Son, he proves who he is. And that he and the Father are one. Amen. And then he says at the 19th verse, a little while longer and the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live, you will live also. At that day, you will know that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. He who has my commandments, again, here he goes again with his commandments. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. Will make himself known to you. You believe and you trust what he says. And so he goes on. He says, Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it? that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world. And then Jesus answered him in the 23rd verse. He says to him, if anyone loves me again, again, he says, it. if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him. And we, now he says, we will come to him and make our home with him. 
talking about by the Spirit. He's going to do it by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Will make, we will come to him and make our home. And he says, our, and he said, we. We'll make our home with him. And he who does not, does not love me, does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. Who sent me? Who sent me? Meaning he's letting you know everything is done by the power of the Spirit. The Spirit of God, God is Spirit, and God is Spirit that, that made flesh to dwell in, which is the Son, the Savior. Hallelujah. That turns around and still glorifies the Spirit by the Spirit. Hallelujah. Because God is a spirit. I've shared with you before, he had to become a son. He had to have a sacrificial offering, and he had to be like us, which was a human being. So God put himself in a fleshly body to be the human sacrifice and shed the blood by the Holy Spirit through which that son came by the birth of Mary by the Holy Spirit that will wash away the sins of mankind. The sins of mankind. And so he speaks about the gift of peace after this in the 25th and 26th verse. He said, these things I have spoken to you while being present with you. Speaking to the disciples here. But the helper and the Holy Spirit whom the Father, whom the Father will send in my name. Listen at that. The Father will send in my name. Name. He will teach you all things and bring to you or bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. I mean, things I already, the things I've already told you. And we'll just go ahead and throw the 27 verse in there, which I mentioned, the peace that he mentioned. And see, this spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost is the one what gives you peace. He said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. But let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. If you are a born-again believer filled with the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, and guided and trusting in his word, meditating and on his word, and studying his word, and fasting and praying, and giving God the praise, there is no reason why you should be worried. There's no reason. There's no reason why you should, because he already told you. I will give you peace. See, the peace of God passes all understanding, and the peace of God would allow you to be able to stand in the middle of storms. Storms as a representation of the troubles of this world and the, and the, and the challenges of life. They would, it would allow you to be able to stand in the midst of it. They're not going away, but they, they will, the peace would allow you to stand in the midst of it and be able to handle it because the peace of God by the Holy Spirit will get you through it. They get you through it. Without it, you won't be able to make it. You won't be able to make it. You won't be able to make it without it. Amen. Amen. So as we as we move to the book of Romans, amen, the book of Romans in chapter 8, hallelujah, as we share this word with you on today, hallelujah, in the book of Romans chapter 8, beginning at verse 9, hallelujah. 
and he explains about the flesh. He explains here about being free from the indwelling sin, sin, this sinful nature, not being a slave to it, in other words. First, let me read verse 1, then I'll jump back down to verse 9. Hear what he said, there is therefore now no condemnation to those, to those who are in Christ Jesus. Who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. According to the spirit. According to, to the spirit. Because for the law of the spirit of life in Christ has made me free from the law of sin and death. Which means when you are born again and filled the Holy Spirit, when it gives you guidance and direction, that you don't have to be a slave to your sinful nature anymore. To your sinful nature anymore. So when we drop down to verse 9 here in chapter 8 of the book of Romans, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, this is biblical. If anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. He's not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. Dead as in meaning that you are not subject to be a slave to sin or your sinful nature. But it doesn't mean that you won't be tempted by the flesh in the temptations of the world and the things that the adversary so, uh, throws at you, but you don't have to bow down to those things because the spirit of Christ would, uh, would help you to obey and not fall into those diverse temptations. You can't, you can't just go to church and just be in church attendance without the spirit. You have to have the indwelling spirit of the Holy Spirit to live in you and to guide you and direct you and to give you power and to give you power. Hallelujah. I'm read again. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead. The body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is life. Life is a light. Read St. John 1 and 1. You will know that the light of men is the life of men. So the spirit of is life. It is the light of men that brings because of righteousness, meaning you would be willing to obey and look after obeying and listening and obeying, keeping God's commandment of his words. But verse 11 lets us know this. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead, but, the, but if the spirit... I'm reading it again. Of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He who raised Christ from the dead would also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. In other words, now after the body has been killed or mortified by the spirit of the flesh, uh, by the spirit of God that's in the flesh, then it'll be quickened again to a livingness of the spirit that is not following after the sinful nature of the flesh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, 
He who raised Christ from the dead would also give you life. He said he'd give you life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. That means a new life. New life, which is a new light, a new direction, new instructions as to how you should live in this present world. How you should live in this present world. So now, now it brings us to sin. Sin. Now, if we back up or flip forward, or however your Bible has the chapter, Romans 6. Romans chapter 6 and 23. Everybody should know this verse. Amen. For the verse says, for the wages, the wages of sin is death. 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 But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Our Lord. Hallelujah. So here's how this works. Sin. Sin is the transgression of the law. Transgression of the law or commandments of God. In 1 John 3 and 4, we're going to go there in a minute. The guilt of sin has fallen upon all humanity from Adam until now. From Romans 3.23. The wages of sin is eternal death in Romans 6.23 6.23 and Revelation 20 and 14. To all those who refuse to accept salvation as set forth in the word of God. How does it, what, what does all that mean? Here we are right here. Sin is a transgression. It goes against the commandments of God. Always. All the time. Let's look at it in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 1. Watch this here. Sin always goes against righteousness, in other words. And nothing, nothing that's that's of God that's correct or that's honest or that's obedient. He's the opposite. He goes against everything, everything that the Lord has put forth for us to follow after and to believe and to trust. Amen. And to trust. So here in 1 John. Chapter 3 and verse 4. Sin and the child of God. Whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness. And sin is lawlessness. 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 And you know that he was manifested to take away our sins. And in him there is no sin. So whoever abides in him does not sin. Whoever sin has neither seen him nor known him. Now, let me help you understand. Whoever abides in him does not sin, which means that you don't commit a sin, which means you won't practice sinning. Practice sinning. Hallelujah. Because your very nature is a sinful nature. Amen. So when we go back to Romans chapter 3 and verse 23, this was a promise given for us, for us and our children and many as the Lord our God shall call. Watch this right here. In Romans chapter 3 and in verse 23, he says this. 
Hallelujah. He says, God's righteousness through faith. Let me start with 21 and down to 23, which is the key verse. Verse 21 says, but now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. For there is no difference, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness, because in his forbearance God has passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in who? Jesus. 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 There's a name that God goes by. There's a power and authority that he operates by. There's a salvation and plan that he has for mankind that he has a name that he goes by. And that name is Jesus. That name is Jesus. Matter of fact, Christ is not his last name. Christ is the title of what he does and who he is. Hallelujah. You see, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit are titles of position and areas of how he operates. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So now we understand that salvation, salvation consists of deliverance from all sin and unrighteousness through the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But you see, if you do not follow these, you do not follow these scriptures according to what it says. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And when we look at Romans 6, 23, we read it. We read it just a moment ago for the wages of sin is death. But I like for you to see it in your Bible. If you if you're looking at it for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through in Christ Jesus, our Lord. The gift, the gift of God, the gift that God is trying to give all humanity, all humanity. All humanity is life in Christ Jesus, to be able to live forever with him in eternity. But we have to choose. We have to choose and not be bickering about the scripture, but go according to what the scripture is saying. Same doctrine, same teaching, same principles, same commandments and all. That's what we have to do. But if we don't do it, somebody's going to pay the price. Somebody's going to pay the price. Somebody will pay the price. And so those who refuse, if you look at this in Romans chapter 20, I mean, not Romans, but Revelation. Revelation chapter 20 and verse 14 at the time of, hallelujah, chapter 20, at the time of the great white throne judgment when it comes, this is what's going to happen. Hallelujah. This is what happens, then death and Hades was cast into the lake of fire because this is the second death. Now, in order to understand that, what we read there, you're going to have to back up to verse 11 
And this is where John, here it says, Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. And the books and the books and books were opened. And another book was opened. Wait a minute. He said, before God and books were opened, then he said another book, which means he has everything in our life that's recorded that in his possession, that he knows everything that we have done, we have said, we have nothing that we think that was secret is not a secret to him. Well, I mean, even the most worst damaging thing that you have ever done, the most worst sinful act that you have ever performed, it's written down. It's recorded. It's recorded. Hallelujah. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before him, before God. The books and books were open. And another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged. This is what he says. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. Judged by your actions, thing that you've done in the performance of your life. The seed, see, everything that's dead right now, anything that this time that was dead, wherever they died at, wherever death, wherever death is holding them at, here's what's going to happen. The seed gave up the dead who were in it, and death itself that's holding the dead, and Hades, the one that may be in the torches of torments of hell, huh, of hell, or delivered up, delivered up the dead who were in them. They have to give up everything as well. I mean, death and hell got to give up everything. And delivered up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each one according to his works. Each one. And here's the second death. This is the one that is the most eternal and the worst of all. Then death and Hades, which is hell, death and hell, were cast. Death and hell. Then death and Hades. Then death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire as well. Anybody, anybody that your name is not found in the book of life. It's terrible what's going to happen. And the sad part about it, I say all the time, you will burn, never burn up. You will feel pain and it will never stop. You will cry, you will moan and groan and never stop moaning and groaning and weeping and gnashing your teeth. That's the torments of the second death, the worst of all. But here, in the book of Acts, in chapter 2, verse 36, that have faith in God. This is where we got to do. Have faith in God. That verse is in Mark 11 and 22. But you can still turn to uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 36, down to 41. But we're going to flip back also to the book of Mark in verse 11 
I'm in chapter 11 and verse 22. Hallelujah. Let me give you something from there. What Mark says here. In the book of Mark, chapter 11 and verse 22. And it's talking about having faith in God. That's what I mentioned just a minute ago. It's talking about having faith in him. But you got to have faith in him, believing that through Jesus Christ, through the name of Jesus, through the name of Jesus, by the power of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So he says here, amen, 11 and 22 here, he says, see, this is the lesson of the withered fig tree, but Jesus was answering them. Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask, when you ask or when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Hallelujah. And see, again, this was the lesson of the withered fig tree, because here's where Peter was um, talking to Jesus. He said, now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter remembering and said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. And Jesus, that's when Jesus responded to him. He responded to him. Jesus said, I had answered to him, have faith in God. Have faith in it. Now notice he didn't say, he said, have faith in God. Because Jesus is already speaking, so he's already talking to Jesus, so he's already in the presence of Jesus. So now Jesus refer, reverts back to the Father, who already operates in his name and through him. But yet he reverts back to the Father and allows Peter to understand that he and the Father work together. So he reverts back to the Father as God, because Jesus is already in the presence of Peter. Now, then, at that time. And then he said, if you're having faith, you're having faith in God. And when you have faith in God, I'm standing here right before you. Also believe in me. So for sure, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain and remove, be removed, be cast into the sea, does not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things he says will be done and he will have whatever he says. So this thing is all about believing and trusting exactly what God says, not questioning what he says. See, we have this intelligence of intellectualities of people and knowledge and all this educational statuses that people question. They, they, they got all these questions about the Bible to try to turn things of what Jesus said and what God had already placed into these holy scriptures as the way he wanted planned out to question why and where and when, when it's already given us the exact determination. Uh, determination of what we need to understand. What we need to understand. There's no other questions about what he's saying. It's just understanding it, what he's already said and believing it and believing it. So now when we flip over to the book of Acts, to the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 36 down to 41. So therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus. Here he come again. Made this Jesus. Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to their heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? What shall we do? What shall we do? 
Then Peter said to them, repent, repent. Let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The gift. I read to you earlier in Romans that this promise that he's given you, that he said to us, is the promise of the gift. And the only way that it comes through here, but if he desired for it to come sooner than that, it still has to be done according to his word in the Holy Scriptures. It's God who chooses when the Holy Spirit is to appear to you or come upon you or to be inside of you. You just have to follow the instructions and in doing what needs to be done to, to allow that process to work in your life. And you have to do that by believing it or not. Believing it or not. So then Peter said, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For this promise, the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Many. And then from the 40th verse on down to 46, and this is when the church grows. The 40th verse here of the book of Acts chapter 2, he says, And with many other words he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continue, here it is right here, and they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. How clear can that not be? In the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily one accord with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart and praising God, having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Those who were being saved. That's what the Bible says. This is the whole Bible that's saying it. Hallelujah. So the water baptism is essential because of the part of the New Testament salvation, not merely a symbolic ritual. This, this is not a symbolic ritual. It is part of entering into the kingdom of God, God's church, the bride of Christ. So therefore, it is not merely a part of local church membership. John 3 and 5 and Galatians 3.27. So church membership is not salvation is not a plan for salvation and it's not nothing to do with the membership of Christ. That's only membership to the building and the association. There's nothing wrong with those things, but we're talking about, if we're talking about the sincerity of salvation, if we're talking about that, to, to be able to make it, to be with Jesus for eternity, 
Hallelujah. Then this is what we got to go by. Hallelujah. See, this is where the new birth started in St. John chapter 3 here. Hallelujah. Where Nicodemus asked the question. Well, we're going to begin at uh, uh, chapter 3 and verse 4. So Nicodemus said, then how can a man be born again when he is old? He, can he enter a second time in his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered him and said, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of the water, Unless one is born of the water and of the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Acts 2.38, that's born of the water and of the spirit. Huh? Uh, uh, John 3 and 5, Jesus said, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of the water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Why? Because that which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit and spirit is Spirit, do not marvel that I said to you, see there, you must be born again. And he gives you an example. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. In other words, you can't see the wind, you hear it, you feel it, but you can't see it with your eye. The Holy Spirit operates the same way. It operates, you can't see it, you can hear it when it needs for you to hear it. You can feel it when you need to feel it, and this is how the Holy Spirit operates, and this is way, the way it operates and where it needs to operate in our lives. And when we look at it in Galatians, in Galatians chapter 3, verse 27, hallelujah, in Galatians, in Galatians, amen, in the Galatians, hallelujah, 3, 3 and 27, I think that's, yeah, yes, 3 and 27, and it says this here, and this is where, one from here, 26 on down, sons and heirs, for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Have put on Christ. Baptized into Christ. Have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you all are all one in Christ Jesus. Everyone that, that goes through this process are all one in Christ Jesus. And, ye, and if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. According to the promise. So the mode of baptism, the water baptism, is to be administered by immersion, only by immersion. Paul said, we are buried with him, Jesus Christ, by baptism, Romans 6 and 4, and see Colossians 2 and 12. Jesus came up out of the water, Mark 1 and 10, and Philip and the Enoch, the eunuch, went down into the water and came up out of the water in Acts 8, verse 38 and 9. Jesus, Jesus is. Death, burial, and resurrection are applied to our lives when we experience the New Testament salvation. Repent, meaning death to sin, and be baptized, meaning to be burial, to burial, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin, and ye shall, you shall, ye shall, ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, which is of the resurrection. Acts 2.38, Romans 6, 1 through 7, and chapter 8, verses 2. 
Sprinkling, pouring, or infant baptism of any kind cannot be sustained by the word of God, but are only human traditions. Only human traditions. Only human traditions. Only. A lot of those verses we've read, so you can go back and read those if you like. Hallelujah. The one I am going to go back and read, which I'm going to go back with Romans here in chapter 6. Hallelujah. 1 through 7 and 8 and 2. Hallelujah. Chapter 6. Because it's going to ask a question here. Hallelujah. Chapter 6, 1 through 7. So this is when you have been born again and dead to sin and alive to God. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Shall we continue to try to tempt God with his grace or allow him or, or pushes him or force him to cover us under his grace? Certainly not by intentionally sinning. That's what he's saying. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Why should we, if you've been pulled out, brought out of sin, why should you backslide, fall back into your old ways of the life that you came from, that God brought you out of? Or do you know, or do you not know that as many of us were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death? That's why it's important right there. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that Jesus as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, by the glory of the Father. Even so, we also should walk in the newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him and that the body of sin might be done away with and that we should no longer be slaves of sin. Be slaves of sin. Don't have to be that anymore. For he who dies, for he who has died, has been freed from sin. In other words, you're not a slave to sin anymore. And if you want to break all the, the, uh, the addictions and the abuse of all those things that are, that are part of that sinful category, you have to turn to Jesus. You have to repent and turn to Jesus. You have to be willing, ready to go to him. Hallelujah. 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 So now, for the formula of water baptism, as we come to a close for the moment, is the name of which in which baptism and administered is vitally important, and that name, this is, this name is Jesus. Jesus' last command to his disciples was to go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost in Matthew 28, 19. But here's what you got to notice in that verse. We have to notice that he said name. He didn't say names. Singular name, not names, but an S. As previously explained, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost are not names of the separate person, but titles of position held by God. 
An angel, an angelic, angelic announcement revealed God's saving name in the New Testament. She shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Matthew one twenty one. You know that verse. And the apostles understood that Jesus was the name to use at baptism. And from that, and from the day that the church of God was established, the day of Pentecost, until the end of their ministry, they baptized all nations, which were Jews in the Acts 2.38 through 41, Samaritans, which is in Acts 8, chapter six, chapter 8 and verse 16, which is the Gentiles, chapter uh, in the book of Acts chapter 19, verse 5, and in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, this is fact, Jesus is the only name given under heaven, given for our salvation. And if you look at Acts 4 and 12, it will tell you, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men. Name again, not S names, but name again under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. In the book of Acts, chapter 4 and 12. 4 and 12. We're going to stop for you right there. 4 and 12. Hallelujah. A message to you today, the name is important. It's important, and there's no need trying to escape it with your traditional values or your educational, your educational status. Your educational status doesn't mean anything when it comes to salvation. The plan of salvation is through the word of God. We want to pray with you. We want to pray with you. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. We thank you right now for what you've done and what you're doing. Bless. Bless your people right now. Let them know that you are God and you're God all by yourself. And bless your holy name with praise and thanksgiving that they hear this word and fall on good ground. We praise you right now. We thank you in Jesus' name forevermore. Amen and amen. Father, we want to thank you. Father, we thank you. We thank you for what you've done and what you're doing. So bless your word and bless the hearers that hear your word. So we praise and we lift you up. May God bless you in the hearing of the word and God keep you. Say la and the peace of God be with you. You've been listening to the broadcast of Focus to Change Ministries. Please join us next Sunday from 9 o'clock to 10 o'clock a.m. WONA 95.1 FM. And remember.